0: This episode is marked for sensitive content. Please check content warnings in the episode description before listening. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask
0: yourself, what is it you want? This week on The Breakup Breakdown.
1: We'd been together for seven years. He hadn't really been facing racism, but in this country, he definitely did. He and this girl had been talking. Her mom saw her young, very drunk daughter being dropped off by a black man and drew a lot of conclusions. That's when he was accused of a rape that he didn't commit. He became a completely different person. And every time we thought it would end, it did not end.
0: Trying to make it in a foreign country is hard enough. And when the world is stacked up against you, how do you know you're going to make it out the other side? And if you do, will you be the same person you were before? Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Hey, if you've got a story you want to share on the podcast, if you've gone through a friendship breakup or a romantic breakup, hit me up. I've got a submission form in the episode description. Or if there's like somebody you've been creeping because they deleted all of their engagement photos and you're like, oh my God, I want wanna know why they broke up. You can also submit them or an influencer or somebody you see on TikTok. Any and all stories are welcome because you know we love to hear them and get all those good lessons along the way. And as always, if you wanna jump to a certain part of the interview, you can find timestamps in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. Thank you for tuning in. This week, we've got a submission from someone who says their relationship fell apart after their partner was falsely accused of a crime. But before we get into that, every week we give a shout out to a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country so if you want to support you know how you can find those details so this week we're giving a shout out to safe house in las vegas they have a 24 7 emergency shelter also counseling for victims personal and legal advocacy for them and resources for affordable housing so to check out all those details on how you can support if you want to you can check out those details in the episode description okay so into the submission we're getting kind of true crimey i guess in this week's podcast so the submission surrounds a court case where it says their fiance was falsely criminally prosecuted in another country. They were together for 10 years. And at some point during the relationship, he was falsely accused of a crime. The case lasted for three years. And I guess during this court case, that's when they decided to get engaged. And obviously they're broken up now. But obviously I have some questions like, was it the contents of the court case that led them to breaking up? Did this person end up going to jail? Did the fact that it was in a foreign country keep them apart? Is is like a star-crossed lover situation. And like, it's got me curious. How can someone be falsely accused and have the court case go on for three years? What happened? What went down? So let's find out when we break down this week. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life, behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the tent between you and someone else or if it's a single girl summer. There's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging so you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select, just enter offer code ABBY at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code ABBY to get your discount code ABBY. I feel like there's two types of people in the world, the people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition, but I gotta be honest with you, I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great? Or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive and not that great for you? That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you gotta do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef crafted. So they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals. Whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com breakup50 and use code breakup 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Breakup50 at Factormeals.com slash Breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Breakup.
1: So we met at an international residential high school that was in a country that was very different from each of our countries. And we were both from quite different countries, quite different cultures and quite different religions. But we were pretty much immediately drawn to one another. And it was interesting because he's, he's from a much more culturally and religiously conservative place than I was than I am and so communicating with people of other sexes did not come very easily to him so he was actually very shy from the beginning and I think that that helped our relationship a lot honestly because it made me feel more secure that we were kind of taking things more slowly and that was fine with him too because I remember when we got together I knew that like part of me wanted to be sexual with him but I also felt like I wasn't ready for it. And so quite early on in our relationship, I told him like, I don't want to have sex with you for quite a long time. And if you're not okay with that, then you should be with somebody else than me. And also I told him that I actually trusted him more than I trusted myself. And that was part of the reason why I was telling him so that if if I ever tried to initiate something for him to check in with me and see if I was just kind of getting caught up in the moment or not. And he was extremely respectful of that. And we were very much on the same page on all of that. For a while, our relationship, it was very much like a crazy, teen romance and very cliche as teen romances usually are. And for a while, we didn't have any problems that were stemming from us, but everybody else was having a problem with it. I remember I was quite close with my mom, and so I Skyped her and talked to my family back home and wanted to tell them that I had gotten a boyfriend. And my mom's first question was, what country is he from? And when I answered that, the next question was, what religion is he? And then she started crying and left the call. And I knew beforehand that no one was going to be thrilled, but I wasn't prepared for that reaction. So we were together for about 10 years, and that kind of just kept Happening. We had some issues, of course, but we didn't have that many issues between the two of us. But all of the world wanted to make an issue with us all of the time.
0: With your family, did they have a problem with his religion? Did they not approve of him because of that? Yeah very much so.
1: My mom and I were very close. We would have like small fights where I would like slam the door or whatever but then make up five minutes later. So this was the first really big disagreement we had and the first time where I felt like I couldn't really talk to her about it because she was just not making any sense from where I was standing.
0: So for the 10 years you say that really the world was making your relationship hard. What was the first thing that really created an obstacle in your relationship?
1: The first one was definitely my mom being so against it, I thought obviously you're like, oh, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, but it actually does matter quite a bit when it comes to it. And then we were supposed to stay at the school for two years, but because of some, some issues with scholarships and stuff, he had to go home a bit earlier. And I was like, I'm young and I want to be free and I don't want to be stuck in a relationship that doesn't have any future prospects. So I actually kind of wanted to end it then but then I loved him too much to do it. And so we kind of stayed in a relationship for a while and he said that he was gonna come visit me. And he kept saying that almost up until the day where he was supposed to come. And then he broke the news that actually it wasn't working out and he couldn't come. And so then I broke up with him the first time and we were broken up for a year. And like I said, I didn't want to waste my youth being in a long distance relationship. So that year I was like, I'm gonna slut it up. And so that's what I tried to do. And it went relatively well until one of my very close friends uh raped me. And then my relationship to sex got real messed up. Oh my God. Yeah, it really sucked. I didn't even realize that was what had happened until quite a while later. But then after a year had passed of us not being together, I realized that I was I still loved him. And so I got in touch with him and told him, like, hey, I actually still love you and I would be open to getting back together. And he was such a chicken. He thought it was a trap. So he said, no, I just like you as a friend. And then he wanted to get on the call with me. And I was like, there is no reason to get on the call when you've just said that you just like me as a friend. But then we got on the call and he admitted to just being a chicken. And then we got back together and I decided, well, it's been a year that we haven't even seen each other. So for me to actually believe in this, I need to see you. So I booked tickets to go to a country that I'd never been to, that I didn't know anything about the culture of for two weeks. And I told all my friends, like, shit, if this, if this doesn't work, like if I get there and it's not the same, I just don't know what I'm going to do. So they were all just waiting for me to call them in a panic. And they didn't hear from me for two weeks because it went really well. <laughs>
0: So you end up getting back together with him. And what does the rest of your relationship look like? Because, I mean, 10 years, a lot of stuff can happen.
1: A lot of stuff did happen. (laughs) So I kind of like I would go to visit him as often as I could, which wasn't that often, really. And the first time I was there, his family was quite accepting of it. And actually, like I said, it's a very conservative country. But his dad actually realized that we were having sex and called my boyfriend out to talk to him. And I was just like, oh, no, what is going to happen? And the dad just said to be sure to use a condom. And I was like, what is happening? But then it turned out that it was because he thought that I was just being strung along. And as long as it was just him using me for sex, that was fine. That was better to use someone who wasn't from that country and that religion and that culture. When the dad realized that it was actually serious, he changed his tune completely. And the next time I came, I wasn't allowed to stay at their place. And we weren't allowed to be alone together at all, which drove me up the wall. Because at this point I'm like in my own country, I'm a grown up adult who can do whatever the heck I want. And then going there and just, oh, I hated it so much. So one time when I was going there, I said like, I'm coming to see you, but I need some time alone with you. And my boyfriend said that the only way we could do that was uh, to lie to his family say that i was going home a couple of days earlier and then we rented a hotel that we could stay at those last couple of days and then i would go home which was not ideal but i accepted it and of course the two days later when i'm going home i meet his dad at the airport i have never in my life felt so sick i thought i was gonna puke the whole flight and his dad just pretended that everything was fine and then spoke behind my back and called me all kinds of terrible things. So because we have a lot more freedom where I'm from at a younger age and also more of a welfare system and some like social networks to catch you, I was much more able to go and visit him than he was to go and visit me. Also, visa issues and all that kind of stuff. So the only time he actually came to visit me in my country was right around my mom dying from cancer. So he came like a couple of weeks before she died, was here when she died and was here for the funeral and then left a week after, which meant that he got to meet all of my relatively racist family at my mom's funeral. And also as she was dying, a lot of the family came to stay at our already quite small house. And among them, my very conservative fundamentalist uncle from another country who, in spite the country that he's from being English speaking, just decided to completely ignore my boyfriend and pretend he didn't exist. So eventually my boyfriend and I moved to stay with with one of my friend's parents because we couldn't deal with it and nobody wanted to take the confrontation. And so like our whole relationship has just been our families putting obstacles in the way and the world putting obstacles our way. And then he moved to do a high pressure education. As he was doing that, he tried to break up with me. When he did it, I was like, I'm only letting you break up with me if you can say that you don't love me. And he couldn't say that. So I didn't let him break up with me. (laughs) And eventually it turned out that it was because his dad had said that that was the condition on which he could go to Europe and do this education was to break up with me. So eventually he stood up to his dad. And then he was in one European country that has quite a bit of diversity. And it got a lot easier for me to visit him because it was cheaper and less far. And even in that country i could feel the difference of people's interactions with me depending on whether i was alone or whether i was with him and his friends and mainly that's because i'm quite White, almost about as white as you can be. And he was definitely read as a black man. And so you could just feel the racism radiating off of people when you were walking with him and his friends. And then some complications happened and he had to go to another European country to continue the education because it was cheaper there. But this country was much whiter than the first. I think it might be one of the whitest countries, maybe on Earth. And there was so much more racism there. And it was just it was wild. And he he had always thought that I kind of overreacted a bit when I kept noticing these ways that people were behaving towards him, that they weren't towards me when I was on my own. But once he got to that country, even he started noticing. And being bugged by it. It wasn't until he came to Europe to do this education that he was in a white majority country. So he hadn't really been facing racism before then. So I think he didn't know what it looked like. But in this country he definitely found out. He uh is quite good looking by just about any standards and used to be super extroverted and charismatic. And wherever he would go, everybody would have a crush on him. Everybody would try to pick him up. Everybody Everybody would give him their number and flirt with him and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't really bother me because I'm not, I don't really get very jealous in romantic relationships, but it was kind of next level in this country because not only is it a country where there are way more women than there are men, but Since it is such a white and racist country, there's also a lot of fetishization, and he really experienced the brunt of that. And he told me that one time, after a lot of the really big Black Lives Matter protests, he told me that people would just like randomly come up to him and kiss him on his forehead and apologize for just like racism in general without asking for consent or anything. And it was very odd. When Corona hit, it got even worse because like I said, at first he didn't really notice the racism that was directed towards him. But he had started seeing it quite clearly before Corona hit. And then that's also when things really went crazy, because that's when he was accused of a rape that he didn't commit. And after that happened, he was seeing it everywhere. In combination with Corona, where people were avoiding each other, he was seeing racism in everything. What happened was that without him knowing what was happening at all at one point, the police came to get him and brought him into the station and questioned him without him having any information of what was going on or any access to anything. And then only later was he told that he was accused of raping someone who
0: was the person who accused him was it a mutual friend why would this person accuse him like i said everybody was
1: having crushes left right and center on him their reactions would be quite different when he would eventually turn them down because we were in a monogamous relationship. He and this girl had been talking and she had been telling him a lot of personal struggles that she was having. And I think that she had fallen quite hard for him. And then she, one night, I think this is all kind of, it happened far away and all kind of confusing, but she had gotten very drunk and had showed up at his place and he had tried to Get her home to her own place because he wasn't comfortable having her there. And her mom saw her young very drunk daughter being dropped off by a black man and drew a lot of conclusions from that. Even as the case was going on, it became quite clear because the girl tried to contact him several times, apologizing for what was going on and saying that she loved him and all kinds of things. And so it, it became quite clear that it was the mom who was really running the case. And I think in part, and I really, really feel for this girl, I think in part, because some of the personal things that she had been telling my boyfriend was that she had been sexually assaulted by several stepfathers. And so I think that it was a lot easier for the mom to blame a random black man than to actually face that it was her partners who had done this to her daughter.
0: When her mom is accusing him of raping her daughter, is the daughter saying, oh, yeah, that's exact. That's what happened. Or is like, is she being complicit in this? I'm, I'm confused how if she knows exactly what happened, why she wouldn't.
1: She did everything. She would accuse him. She would say all these things. And then she would draw it all back and say that it was all a mistake and that she left him. And it was just all over the place. Gotcha. And I thought naively when it all started that obviously like this is ridiculous. And naturally it's just going to end on the date where they set a court date. And then we can move on with our lives. That was not at all what happened because it dragged on. and on and on. And every time we thought it would end, it did not end. I think also like as a white person from a quite stable country, I was much more conditioned to actually believe in the justice system. And any shred of belief that I had was completely ruined by this. Was he convicted of anything? He was convicted and then they pleaded. And then I think it went on for like two more years. In that time, he became a completely different person. Like at first, he couldn't even look at or talk to women at all. He would like almost have a meltdown if a woman looked at him. It just got worse and worse. And at a point, he wasn't like he wasn't present anymore, because he just shut down for all emotions. And so he wasn't able to be a partner to me at all. And obviously, this whole rape case was also bringing up stuff from my own rape. And there just wasn't room for that, because he didn't even make the room for his own feelings at all. And so for the three years where the case went on and it was pleaded back and forth and everything was postponed because of Corona and whatever else, I was doing everything that I could. And I would go to see him and I would try to convince him to seek help, I would do everything and receive absolutely nothing back. And I think that obviously we'd been together for like seven years at that point. So like there was a lot of history holding us together. And also the fact that he'd been there when my mom died and he'd been the only person I told about being raped for several years. And he'd been so patient through all of that and through like me having to work through my relation to sexuality at all afterwards that I kind of felt like now it was my turn to be there and be patient. But three years is just too long.
0: So he gets convicted. It stretches on for another two years. How was he able to prove that this woman was lying about what had not happened?
1: They did lie detector tests, both of him and her. When they were doing him, they would mention her name and they would refer to like, what he was accused of very graphically. And when they did it with her, they wouldn't mention his name and they wouldn't mention what had happened. And throughout the lie detector test that he got, they didn't actually ask him if he had raped her. They didn't actually ask him if he had done any of it. They just noted that he was freaked out from the situation essentially and he got another lie detector test that his lawyers made him do outside of the police station that showed that he wasn't lying but the other one said that he was and generally lie detector tests are just kind of crazy anyway but essentially in the end what made it fall out in his favor was that they had done it wrong and they hadn't actually asked the real question that they were there to try and find out.
0: Yeah, so it made it look like they were specifically trying to paint him in a certain light. And I'm sure that's yes. the judge or jury or whoever ended up clearing him, which I'm so glad that that happened. I mean, God, I know that's gotta be, I mean, I know every woman's worst nightmare is to be raped, but I also know it's a, it's a, you know, anybody could say anything about you and paint you as a rapist. And how do you prove it, you know, it, other than a lie detector, I guess.
1: Well, and the, the crazy thing was too that the lawyers did note that like there isn't from the very beginning, like there isn't actually a case here, which made it quite clear that it was based on racism. And also when when I myself was raped, I didn't even think about going to any kind of reporting it in any kind of way because I was too scared to admit to anyone that I had been raped because I was so scared of not being believed.
0: So how did this affect your relationship? I mean, I I would think after three years, he would be elated and, you know, a weight would be lifted off of his shoulders and, you know, life would resume as as normal. But did, did that not happen?
1: so actually uh, so a couple of weeks before he was cleared there was a court date and i decided to go there to be there because it was the final one and now it was actually going to happen and i remember when i got there i was uh, i was prepared for either outcome like either he would be going to jail for 17 years and probably not make it out of there alive because again racism or he would be cleared. And I was kind of ready for those two scenarios. I had a friend come with me, even though it's to another country, because I knew that if he were going to jail, I wouldn't want to be alone. and have to make my way back home. And when I got there, he came to pick me up in the airport and I had never seen him look so small. And then he told me that it had been delayed again. And I just remember like it was the only situation that I wasn't prepared for. But then after that, we had a talk and we mutually decided like this is not this is just not working anymore. We can't be in a relationship anymore. And at this point, actually, I forgot to mention, I had kind of forced him into getting engaged with me. And I actually (laughs) just a minor detail. Very this major detail. I had wanted to get married to him for quite a handful of years. And with the case as well, I wasn't sure what rights I would have if we weren't married. I mean, hindsight fortunately, but at that time, it was really an uphill battle. It was just about completely impossible for us to get married because we were from different countries. So again, racism. Gotcha.
0: You guys decide to break it off. And is that the final time that you guys end your relationship? Yes and no. We
1: decided to break off our relationship. Formally, we did. I gave him the ring back, but practically it was still the same. Like we were still calling and talking and saying, I love you. And not that much really changed. And then a couple of weeks later, he was cleared. And a couple of weeks after that, he got to go home. When he was cleared, neither of our reaction was, okay, then let's get back together. Because we both knew there was more to it than just that. All of my friends were like, oh, so now you're getting back together. And I was like, no, no, we're really not. When he got to go home to his own country, I had an oral exam that day. And I knew that with the time difference and everything, he would get there before I woke up so I could wake up to like confirmation that he had gotten home now. And I remember waking up and there was no confirmation. And he had texted me when he was in transit but then I hadn't gotten anything since and he was supposed to be home like several hours ago and since so much shit has happened my mom died and he was accused of rape and all kinds of other things my brain immediately went to okay the world is playing a joke on me he's dead in a plane crash and so I googled everything I could trying to find out if any planes had crashed there but they hadn't and after a while I saw on his brother's Instagram that he was home And then after some more hours, he got around to calling me finally. And then I had a couple of hours to prepare for my exam, but already that was kind of showing me how little care and consideration he was able to give to others because he hadn't even thought about it, I guess, or it just wasn't that important to him. A little while after that, I decided to like have a talk with him about us not being exclusive, which sounds ridiculous because we had ended our relationship. But since we were still so together-ish, I figured I wanted to make it a proper conversation. So we agreed on that and I wanted to get to dating and do things. And I asked him if he was comfortable hearing about that. And he said, yes. And it turned out that he wasn't because a little while later he called me and said that he was cutting off all contact with me. And I was just floored. And I'm not very good in like in confrontational situations that I'm not prepared for. So I didn't really react apart from saying like, if my dad dies, can I still call you? And he was like, is is something wrong with your dad? And I was like, no, but I mean, people die. And so he said, if if your dad dies, you can call me. But then the next day, I decided to call him and tell him like, hey, I get what you're trying to do, but you're doing it in the wrong way. Let's have a talk about this. But then he just, he, he just pulled it all back. And he was like, oh, yeah, that was dumb of me. Let's just be in contact. Some time passed. And then at one point, he had told me that he was going to delete his Instagram. Whatever. Like, didn't really matter that much to me. Then I find out from a mutual friend of ours that he had lied to me and he hadn't actually deleted his Instagram. Yeah. What he had done was just block me on it. I was so angry, but eventually I kind of brought it up to him. Also saying that, like, if you had just told me that you needed that, that would have been fine. Like, I don't actually care that you blocked me on Instagram. I cared about the fact that you lied to me. And I don't think that that point really got through when I look back because then I went on a trip abroad. And when I came back home, I came back to like a thousand calls from him and some texts from him saying that he had been seeing someone for a while or something like that. And I got so angry because the whole deal was that we weren't exclusive, but we would actually tell each other what was going on and so I called him and he was so wishy-washy on the whole thing he was like oh well I'm back in this culturally conservative country and like the, the rules are different and she's probably just put more into it than I have we were just talking blah 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 but anyway at the end of this conversation we come to the mutual agreement that this is not working and this is not fair and we need to cut off contact. But unlike the time before where he did it, I needed to have a certain date where we would talk again and kind of like reevaluate things. And so we set that date for the beginning of July, which was like two months in the future at this point. And then we went no contact. And I started feeling way better during that time because I didn't have to worry about his self-destruction and inconsiderate behavior because he was just so completely incapable of realizing that his actions had consequences for people around him at this point, which became even more clear when he called me a couple of weeks before we had scheduled the call. Actually, at first he sent me a period and I was like, what is going on? Then he sent me another period and I thought maybe his baby brother had gotten a hold of his phone or something. And then he called me. And then we had a long conversation where again, I am not good at thinking on my feet, especially when it's a very emotional situation, because I lead with my emotions and my heart. But also I need some time to so like realize what is going on when it's so out of nowhere. But he told me that he had a girlfriend who was from the country in which the case had happened. And he told me that they had already cheated on each other multiple times and he told me that she wasn't comfortable with him being in touch with me so that now he was going to block me and maybe someday he would contact me again. And this was a several hours conversation. And the day it wasn't until the day after where I realized what he had actually told me, because if he was together with a girl from the country in which his case had happened. First of all, that was an insane thing to do because I'd seen how he couldn't even look at the women there without having a panic attack and a complete meltdown. So it seemed like a very self-destructive thing to do. And also in the three years where the case had been going on, he hadn't, he had barely been able to be intimate with me at all, which was something I had really needed and he just could not provide it. And then the other thing was that since he knew her from there, it had to have been going on for at least half a year. And at this point, I didn't believe anything he was saying anymore. I have no idea how long it had been going on, probably longer than. I would like to believe for sure.
0: Do you have any idea how they may have met? Because I'm picturing this guy is like a shell of a human. He's walking around. He just goes to his court date. He just goes home and then he sees you for a little bit. Like, where would they even run into each other?
1: Oh, he had another coping mechanism, which was a lot of partying and alcohol. So probably a yeah definitely I would almost say so like that was definitely something he struggled with during that time because that was his only way of coping to just get really drunk
0: well did that bombshell of him saying oh I had this other relationship did that at all help you be able to finally cut things off and move on
1: oh yes the next day I blocked him everywhere because I was like you don't get to decide when you want to come in again. And also, I could see that in the months where we hadn't had contact, I had been doing so much better. And in the time where we hadn't been together, I had started to be comfortable enough to explore my gender some more and switch my pronouns to they, them and be more open about the fact that I was non-binary, which I think he would have never accepted being as conservative as he was. And so like on all kinds of perimeters, I was just doing way better than I had for so long. So it kind of was a no brainer at that point. And also at this point, I had met someone else that I'd been on a couple of dates with, and he was ready to be my boyfriend, but I wasn't ready until I had put like a final pin in things with my ex. And I realized after that call that he made where I found out that he's probably been cheating for at least half a year if not more that last remnant of loyalty to him was completely gone I think the <laughs> next day I
0: contacted
1: the other guy and I was like hey we, we can get together now I've finished this
0: like now that I've just played not played off, we can move on I can be my full self we can be together so really exactly. this breakup I mean a lot of times when I get to the end of a breakup with someone I'm like oh god like how does, are you good but it really seems like you ending this for relationship of almost a decade was really good for you so incredibly
1: good like I miss what we had but I definitely don't miss what we had the last three years and looking back I'm also like how how did I get through that and how I'm just flabbergasted myself, honestly.
0: Do you have any regrets? I, I think you did what felt integral to you at the time. Like, I think standing by your yes. boyfriend at the time, I, I I think you really felt like this is this is the right thing to do. But do you have any regrets from that experience? Like, do you think you wish you would have walked away when you started to feel things when they first started to not feel right?
1: Um, I think very much like you say, like I did what I could at the time, and I think I would feel like I wasn't the person that I thought I was if I had just abandoned him when the going got rough. But that being said, if I'm ever with somebody who gets in legal trouble like that, it's every man for themselves (laughs) and I'm out of there.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Well, do you hold any resentment for him at all? Because I mean, if I'm you and I stick by my man for three years while he's in a freaking court case and then I don't leave with anything, I'm gonna be pissed. I
1: definitely was pissed for quite a while, but I think also, like, I honestly, I just feel sorry for him Mm -hmm. because, and that was also very clear from the last conversation we had. Now we haven't been in contact for over half a year, but from that last conversation, it was so clear that he is on such a self-destructive path that I honestly, like, pray for him and all of his surroundings that they're going to be okay.
0: Self-destructive in what way?
1: Like getting with a girl from that same country and then them both cheating on each other and not seeing a future in the relationship but still staying together and them both being controlling towards each other. And it again is just so completely opposite from the guy I fell for 10 years ago. It's impossible to recognize. Something that really helped me was this This new boyfriend that I found who was very adamant because right after the call, I felt so stupid. And I was so annoyed with myself for believing him and believing him so many times and letting him get away with lying to me so many times. And I'm really grateful that there was someone there to help me see like, this is what's a reflection of you is how you've been there and how you've loved. And what he's done with that, is a reflection of him, not of you. And so I think that really helped me because I can stand by every single thing that I've done. I really think that, <laughs> that being too braggy, but I think it kind of speaks volumes of who I am as a person
0: well you clearly have very strong character and i think that's something to be proud of but i mean i know it it probably didn't feel like that at the time where you're like well god i just gave three extra years of my life to this man and (laughs) and we just ended up breaking up in the end and he probably cheated on me i don't know (laughs) but it does seem like you were able to walk away with a greater sense of of self like you did what you felt Mm -hmm. was right what else do you feel like you took away from this relationship even though it ended up ending
1: So something that I've written down for myself a lot of times as like, this is what you have learned, remember, is that love is not enough. It doesn't like it's it's not that it doesn't matter, but love is just not enough in this world, like it, it isn't. And you shouldn't be telling yourself that and you shouldn't believe that. And then another thing, if somebody tries to break up with you for whatever stupid reason it is, just let them and get out of there because that is just not what you deserve if they try to do that just let them go a third thing is i am not wasting one second more of my life trying to convince men to go see therapists (laughs) i am so done doing that so like my screening question if i ever am to get back with a man which i don't think i will (laughs) but will be how much time have you spent on a psychologist and what have you gotten out of that? And are you still going? Will you be willing to go in the future? Because otherwise the door is right there.
0: <laughs> you can see yourself out, please. Uh, one thing I'm also really curious about is you said, after that relationship ended, you accepted your full identity as somebody who's non-binary. So can you talk about what that was like? Were you battling that while you were in that previous relationship or Just talk to me about that journey and how you decided like, this is who I am.
1: I don't know if I was battling that while I was in the relationship, but it was definitely something that I kind of shut down before it even became a thing, because I knew that it was going to be problematic. And also coming from a religious background myself, I spent a lot of time being, being back and forth on it and whether how to unite those things, because people from both sides were telling me that you couldn't be both at the same time mm. and so what really helped me integrate those parts of myself was actually um, queer bible studies and just like finding queer christians and seeing how it just totally makes sense. <laughs> and That's like,
0: so fascinating to me where okay because i i come from like i'm from like the religious south and those two things are mm-hmm. like considered like oxymorons like you just don't put the two together where do you find a queer bible study online it was corona so the world was suddenly open online talk to me about how about how you balance those two things because a lot there's sectors of christianity that really say like those two things they don't coexist so how how did you come to terms with that
1: actually actually it was kind (laughs) of a relief to me to find out that I was queer, because before I found out that I was queer myself, I was very much like, oh, but it's the only thing that makes sense in terms of Christianity is being on the side of the marginalized. and the people who are being oppressed. And obviously, that includes queer people. And so before I realized I was queer myself, I felt very much like it was on my shoulders to go into churches and make space for queer people. And then upon realizing, oh, wait a second. It's me. (laughs) I don't actually have to sit here and listen to people say that they don't believe in my existence or they think I'm going to hell. Somebody else needs to go in there and make that space for me because I'm not going to commit to being in a place where I'm not fully embraced.
0: Talk to me about how accepting that part of yourself changed the way you dated. Like, did you feel more free and confident because you felt more self-assured?
1: Definitely. Like I said, I have the thing with the psychologist. If you're not convinced that psychologists is a good thing for you yourself personally as well, then you can go it's also a pretty good way of like sorting people out like if you're not okay with me being non-binary and using they them the door's right there and we don't need to waste each other's time
0: if you could give just a final piece of advice to anyone listening who has related to any aspect of your story like what's something you would want to leave my audience with
1: it would be definitely love is not enough if everything is in your way it's not worth it no matter how much you love each other it sounds a little bit cynic and me of a couple of years ago would have hated hearing that but it's it's just the truth. Love isn't enough on its own and then also don't let people tell you what you can or can't be and that that is both in terms of like how to live your life and people in relationships trying to put boundaries for who you can or can't be but also especially what I was saying about the Christian and queer thing, don't let people make up fake dichotomies and make you have to choose one or the other. If you're both, you're both. And you can be a multitude of things.
0: On Thursday's Breakdown Bonus episode, I'm inviting one of my current co-workers, Jackson, to join me to have a conversation about what it's like to bring two families together that come from completely different cultures, the challenges that surround that. And also, if you feel guilty about leaving your partner, like, hey, if they're going through a court case or something difficult, how do you handle that? That's what's going down. So I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.